happy Memorial Day to you. Today, I would like to kick off our sermon time with just a prayer, um, and then we'll get going. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for those who are willing to give their lives in service to this country, those willing to lay down their lives for others. God, we pray for them, for their families, God. We pray that as, as we celebrate and we honor them today, God, that we remember the cost that freedom costs, that freedom is, God. God, I pray that for, for the rest of the service, God, that be your words, not mine. I pray, God, that you speak and that you get the glory. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. In the back, I realize, um, just in case you're new, I didn't actually introduce myself. Hi, I'm Jack. Um, I'm the director of youth, and today um, I'm preaching because Jay, Pastor Jay and Pastor Kathy, they are taking a much-needed vacation. Um, they, they are like most pastors in that they're not good at taking breaks, and so I'm glad that they're taking one today and honored to get to speak. And I'm also honored to get to speak because today is um, today is fifth. Sunday. It's a family Sunday, and um, I love it when we get to have um, all the kids in here. So I know all the kids in the room are kind of like, I don't know how I feel, but it's going to be fun. Um, I'm really glad to have you in here, um, and if you need to squirm around a little bit and all that, it's exactly how I am every day in the back. So uh, I'm glad to not be alone in that. And here's the truth. There are a lot of things that we, um, we can learn from kids. Right, kids? Yeah, there's a lot we can learn. Yeah. Some of your parents are like, don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. They're, no. But there's a lot of things that we learn as kids, as children, that as adults we, for some reason, um, forget. Like, for example, um, that rain puddles are made to be jumped in. You know, as adults, we, we, we sometimes forget. We're like, oh, my shoes. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, rain puddles are for that. Maybe, maybe um, – we forget that whenever we get cranky, we need to take a nap. As adults, we're like, no, i got to press through. No, no, no. Everyone in the family will benefit if dad just goes and takes a nap, right? You know, so, so, some of y'all are looking right now. Don't, don't point fingers. Um, you know, and another thing I miss from childhood is the fact that, like, childhood songs, I, I, I miss them because childhood songs have, uh, like, just a lot of wisdom in them, right? Like, for example, um, five little monkeys jumping on the bed. A lot of wisdom there. We learned as kids about the dangers of reckless jumping on furniture, right? Because we don't need to call the doctor. That's what happens, you know, when the monkeys jump on the bed. Maybe for another one, like I'm a little teapot. Who knew that as a kid we were learning about anger management, that when we get all steamed up and we feel like shouting, we just need to pour out our feelings, right? Right? There's, there's things in children's songs that really help us out. And, and, and there's one of my favorites. Um, well, actually, here's another one. Like, how much... Is the dog in the window? How many of you actually know that song, uh, How Much is the Dog in the Window? That was our first song to learn about fiscal responsibility, right? Dave Ramsey loves that one. You know, it just is asking these questions. These are things we learned as children. And one of my favorites as a kid um, was actually a song that was uh, Be Careful Little Eyes. Maybe you remember it. It kind of goes like, or maybe you know it. It's like, careful little eyes what you see. Be careful. I'm going to do the whole thing. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the God above is looking down with love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Yeah, look at that. Let's see. See, we're getting some motion. It's good. Um, so I love this song. Now, this song has a whole lot of wisdom. You know, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little feet, where you go. 
Um, um, be careful, little hands, what you touch. You know, these are very good. And then there's one to be careful, little mind, what you think. Now, if you think about it, all of those are sermon worthy. But we ain't going to cover all of them today because Greg told me not to go long. So I'm going to do my best not to. So today we're going to actually be taking a look at be careful, little mind, what you think. We're going to look at what we think about. I'll let Jay and Kathy cover, you know, be careful, little hands, what you touch. They can do that later. Today we're focusing on be careful, little mind. Some of the youth are like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is what they have to deal with every week. So we're going to be focusing on that. We're going to be focusing on our minds and what we think about. Now, did you know that what you spend your time thinking about actually affects your physical body, your physical response? Scientists did a study um, not too long ago where they took two groups, and one group, they had do little hand-finger exercises. They had them do it for a certain amount of time each day, and then they had a second group. The second group was actually to just think about doing the hand exercises for a certain amount of time each day. So they would set aside that time, and one group would, you know, for 30 minutes do the exercise. The other group would, for 30 minutes, would just think about the exercise. And the results are pretty crazy. The result was the people who actually did the exercises, physically did them, they had a 30% muscle growth, which makes sense. You know, I wish I had 30% gains on any workout I did, right? And then the thinkers, they actually had a 22% muscle growth and did nothing but think about it. Right now, some of y'all are like, I just sit around and think all day. I'm on this. Now, that's not what we're talking about. But here's what I want to drive home today. What we think about, what we allow to, to take up rent in our brains, actually has an effect on what we do and how our bodies work. Our brains are powerful things, and they are created by God in a beautifully unique way. And so today, we're going to take a look at what God has to say about how we think. We're going to take a look at, at what, what God's Word has to say um, about what we allow to live up in our brains, okay? Now, we're going to be taking a look at three scriptures today, three specific scriptures, and all three of them are written by a guy named Paul. Backstory on Paul. If you don't know who Paul was, Paul was a Pharisee, a religious leader, uh, shortly after Jesus' death and resurrection, and he hated Christians. He hated people who followed Jesus. He felt they were doing the wrong thing, and so he did everything within his power to stop them, even so far as um, going to places and having people arrested, thrown in jail. And he felt this way and did this up until he met Jesus, and it radically changed the way he thought. Because, and he became, Paul, if you don't know, Paul became a church planner. He started going around, all around the Mediterranean area, starting churches and telling people about Jesus. In fact, he would go on to write majority of the New Testament. Um, pretty important guy. And he had several thoughts inspired by God about our minds and what we think about. So we're just going to jump into those. And I'm going to do my best because I'm squirmy too. We're going to do my best to keep succinct and keep going. Right now I'm stalling. Sorry, let's go. All right, so first verse we're going to take a look at is Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2, and it says this. It says, do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform 
you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the first thing I want us to focus on is this, is that if we want God to change us, we want God to change us, change how we live, we have to let him transform the way we think. This is not a, oh, I met Jesus, so I, I just got to change all the stuff I physically do, right? For, for example, so it's, it's not like, okay, now I met Jesus, so now I got to give money, or um, I'll just make sure to go to Sunday service, or um, you know, just doing the actions actually doesn't bring about lasting change. We have to examine how we think about Jesus in our lives. For example, um, I can go to the gym and work out, but if I'm constantly thinking of the extra sleep I could have got that morning instead of getting up, um, if I'm constantly thinking about the extra show I could have watched on Netflix, um, or if I'm just thinking about how much I hate being sweaty, um, if I'm constantly thinking about, if that's what's living up here in my headspace, then I'm not going to be long for the gym. And in fact, my history here in Richmond Hill proves it, right? Not long for the gym because my, I did not change the way I think. And it's the same way when we decide to follow Jesus. If our sole focus when we uh, start a relationship with Jesus is filled with thoughts like, man, yeah, if I could just silence my phone, just kidding. Um, man, um, I could be out fishing right now. Instead, I'm having to hear the backup preacher preach. Oh, you know, if it, yeah, some of y'all. Anyway, um, or, or if I'm just like, man, my family could have gone on a better vacation if we just didn't tithe or give money to the church. Or, or if we're thinking, man, it would be so much fun to use my full extensive vocabulary in that discussion with my coworker when they were so stupid. Um, if I was able to do that, if this is where our our brains live, the change, we're going to be really frustrated because it's not going to bring about lasting change. We'll get frustrated. We'll, our actions will not line up with what we're saying because what lives up here is what brings our actions forth. It's what brings it out in us. So whenever we're looking at this, we got to think about, so the first thought from God about our thoughts is that we have to let Jesus transform the way we have to let God transform the way we think, okay? We are a new creation. we got to have a new way of thinking. But how? But how? Like, how do we go about doing this, okay? To do this, we have to think about what we're thinking about. Like an inception thought there, right? we got to think about what we think about. Our second verse comes from 2 Corinthians 10.5, and it says this. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought. So what does this mean? This means we have to spend time thinking about what we think about. I know, sounds fun, right? We, we, we actually have to focus on what's going on in our brains, and we have to measure it up to what God has to say on the matter. Every thought that comes up, every thought that comes up, capturing it means that you're thinking about it, and if you're bending it to God's will, what that means is that we have to know, okay, what does God have to say about this line of thinking? 
this line of thinking about my marriage, this line of thinking about how to raise my kids, this line of thinking about the person that annoys me who lives across the street. How does God feel or think about our lines of thinking? And a lot of us, we struggle on thoughts that don't line up with what God has to say. I don't know about you, but for, for some of us, we, we struggle with self-worth, right? Maybe you've struggled with this at some point in time, how you value yourself. We think about maybe I'm just a screw-up. Maybe you think, oh, I'm trash. You think, man, I'll never amount to whatever. We have these thoughts in our head. But guess what? When we measure that up to what God has to say, it doesn't line up. Like Psalms 139, 14, it's not going to be on the screen, so don't worry about it in the back. It says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. This is David talking to God. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. So we take that thought of I'm not measuring up, I'm not good enough, I, you know, I, 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 why, why do I even matter? And we look at it and we go, no, 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 we are God's workmanship. We are God's masterpiece. We are marvelously made, beautifully and wonderfully made, some translations say, right? These guys are like, let me say like handsomely and ruggedly made. Um, you know, whatever you want to think about, but, but that you are important. You are God-made. So we have to take these thoughts and capture them. Or maybe you think you got to make it on your own. America, we're good about this, right? We're, we're, we're good about, well, we're going to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Here we go. I'm struggling, but I can't tell nobody. Or guys, we do this a lot too. Like, I'm a man. I don't need help. And, and, our, and all our wives in the room are like, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Right? But we do this. We, we sit there and we say, we say, oh, no, no, I got to be able to do it on my own. But when we line it up with God's word, for example, Proverbs 3, 5, also not on the screens, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, that him is not you, that him is God, and he will make straight your paths, right? We have to know God's thoughts if we want to be able to capture them and put them into God's will and bend them. We've got to capture and compare our thoughts with God's word. If we want to have a healthy, healthy thought life, we have to do this. All right, so if there are things we shouldn't think about and things we should think about, what should we think about? Paul talks about this as well. So what should we put in there? Our third verse today comes from Philippians uh, 4, 8 through 9, and it says this. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So we are to think about what God says is true, then act. We are to think about what God says is true. And I love this because how many of you in the room are optimists? Do we have any other optimists in the room? I'm an optimist. I'm forever an optimist. This is not an, you need to be an optimist scripture. Now you may look at that and go, oh, my gosh, this is going to be just like Jack. He's annoying with just like, it's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. It's going to be great. That's, that's, that's not what this is saying. This is not, this is not saying that, okay, you can, you can never, like, look at a situation realistically. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying is that we have to dwell on 
the good things that God tells us. This verse is, has, uh, excuse me, this verse is clear that we are about all the things that Jesus said. We've got to be about them. What God said in his word, we've got to be about them. And if we want to live lives that honor God, we have to dwell on those good and pure and admirable things. And the only way something be gur, uh, gur, the only way that I had too much uh, soda in the back, the only way that we can have something that's good and righteous and admirable is for it to be from and through God. We have to keep that in our heads. And then we need to put it in practice. I like how he ends it. He says you start there. And then you put it into practice. Have you ever been at work or doing something with somebody that you can tell they are not there, in the, where their heart is not in the right place? Like you, you get to work, you, you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go help this person move. Well, I hate moving people. I'll just, or, it's just because I have a truck. They're going to call, and you're like, well, we're serving Jesus today. Tell your face. You ever been there? You know, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it, it, it's, it's true, right? Sometimes we're just there. Some of you are like, some of you are looking at your neighbor. Don't do that right now. All right? But here's the go. So, so what are some true thoughts? What are some true thoughts we need to be holding on to? Like one for me is John 3.16. It's a you know, pretty popular verse. You may have heard it before. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, some days I have to, I have to say that to myself and remind myself, okay, you know what? God loves me enough. Love me enough to send Jesus. And then some days I have to go, God loves them enough that he still sent Jesus. Right? It's, it's how it works. We got some, we gotta we gotta remind ourselves. We gotta remember, you know, when times are tough, you know, Matthew 28, 20 says Jesus is with us always. And I'm not alone in that struggle. Jesus is there with me. Second Corinthians 5 17 says that we are a new creation in Christ. Some days Whenever I make that mistake and I mess up and I'm like, oh, what am I doing? God goes, no, you're a new creation. I'm working on you. We're making you new, right? Um, Psalms 41, uh, 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and strength. These are the kind of thoughts, and the list goes on and on and on about the truth that God has for us. And so if we're, we're really wanting to make sure that we have a good thought life, we have to really Look into this. If we create these patterns in our mind on a daily basis, our actions will show it, right? If we make these pathways in our brain, I am not a neurologist, um, and I don't even play one on TV, but if it's one of those things that whenever we start setting up habits and thought patterns, it becomes easier and easier for them to show up in our brains. Now, what this is not saying, this is not saying you must always be happy. It's not saying that. It's not saying, oh, you're having a bad day. Well, you must not love Jesus. Shame. No, that's not what this is saying. Okay? Jesus, Jesus wasn't always happy, and he never sinned, right? It's not saying that. It's not saying that you will never have struggles. That's not what it's saying either. It's not saying that, oh, if I know God's word, then everything's going to be hunky-dory. It's going to be great. No, it's not saying that either. But what is it saying? It's saying in those struggles, in those rough days, in those good days, you will focus on God's eternal plan, not temporary setbacks. We will focus God's plan for us is so much beyond our lives right now. He has an eternal plan for us. He has a time plan that there will be no more tears. He has a time plan when the, 
then the good will win. He's talked about it in his word, right? We have to know that we have hope, right? That we go through our thought life has to be focused on the hope that Jesus Christ provides. So let's land the plane here. What do we take away? Three things I want you to take away, okay? Three um, three ways that we can establish, you know, like how do we establish a good thought life? Here's what I'm going to give you, okay? So the three things are this. First one, don't focus on the don'ts. Anytime you try to focus on the don'ts, you only focus on the don'ts. For example, you ready? Power up your brains. Don't think about a pink elephant. You probably failed. The ones who didn't fail are the ones who are like, lunch. What's for lunch? Right? Whenever we put up in our brains, like, oh, don't, don't think about bad thoughts. Don't think about uh, you know, my, how angry I am. Don't think about, whenever we put that don't in front of there, all we're really doing is providing it more space in your brain. Instead, we need to try something along the lines of focusing on, on God's truths. We need to be focusing on the do's. We need to be focusing on what God said, not on what we shouldn't do. Second thing is that we need, if we want to have a good thought life, we need to establish a time for God's word. We need to say it has never been easier in history for you to spend time in God's word. You, Every one of you just for about, except for the kids, you may not, uh, some of you may, have a phone that is smart and it can have the new version Bible app. They have a, a devotion every day. It takes less than five minutes. Spend some time in God's word. You can do Lectio 365, which is the one we did when we did the How to Pray series. And it's a little longer. It's going to take you about 10 minutes. But you can sit there and pull it up and be in God's word. My suggestion would be do it in the morning. Jesus did it in the morning. Jesus spent time with God in the morning. Why in the morning? Because you have the rest of your day ahead of you. Let's start it off by going, okay, God, let me focus on you. Let me, maybe your ride into work needs to be involved in this. Maybe, maybe you need to go on your porch and drink your coffee and listen to the birds chirp. I don't care. Do something along those lines. If we want to have a good thought life, we've got to start it off right. And then the last part is this, is ask God for help. Ask him for help. There's so often that we go, oh, man, I know I need to read God's word more. And then we just kind of feel bad because we don't read God's word more. No, take some time and go, all right, God, help me do it. Help me jump into your word. Help me spend time with you. If it takes the internet going out in our neighborhood for me to spend more time with you, God, do it. Some of your neighbors are going to be like, you need to fix your prayer life, right? But we need to ask God for help because God's right there. He's, 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 he wants to be a part. He wants to be active in our lives, and he wants us to have a thought life that honors him, a thought life that helps us physically get out and do what he wants us to do. He loves us so much. He wants what's best for us. He knows what's best for us. He's written down what's best for us. And he wants us to jump in. So I want I want for you to think about, I know, we talked a lot about thinking. I want you to think about, okay, what is my thought life like? What do I dwell on the most? My worry wart? Am I constantly thinking about how what's going to happen to my kids? Am I constantly thinking about my job? Am I constantly thinking? What dominates your headspace? 
Because what dominates your headspace is going to manifest itself in your physical life. It's going to lead to actions. It's going to lead to thought processes. It's going to lead you to what you do next. So I want to challenge you. What are you thinking about? Are we dwelling on what God wants to think about? Are we going to think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable? Is that what we're going to think about? Will you pray with me? Father God, it's hard to control our prayer life. It's hard to control our thought life. It's hard sometimes because there's a lot going on in the world. There's stuff going on politically. There's stuff going on with pandemics. There's stuff going on in my family. There's stuff going on with my own confidence in myself. God, I pray that you help us to focus on you. God, I pray that you help us to train ourselves to take captive every thought and compare it to your word. And God, for that to work, we have to actually know your word. My prayer for myself and for everyone in this room and all who are watching online, my prayer is that, God, you help us to get into your word, to make known in our lives what you have told us, your promises, what you've already done, your guidance. Help us, Jesus, to see you and to focus in on you and to know, know, God, that you are there waiting, ready. You are at the door knocking. You want to live in our headspace. You want your word to be always at the forefront of our minds. God, help us have a healthy thought life. In your name, Lord Jesus, I pray.